DCM works. I'm all dressed up with nowhere to go. David has locked the doors. Please send help. Hey, uh, hey, Ben. What? Have you ever, um, do you ever want to watch something on YouTube? No. That's fresh and interesting? Oh, no, uh, yeah, well, sure. yeah, yeah, I thought you might. Well, th- I mean, you know what's good, though, is that we've got two new YouTube shows. Hooray. To help you out with that problem yep. of yours. It won't help with that, that thing that you had. You should probably go see a doctor about that. No, I got a cream for it. Oh, okay. They gave you like a cream. But yeah. if for the for your entertainment purposes, you can head to youtube.com slash dcm.works. Actually, that doesn't work, does it? It's Just type in dcm.works. Just search dcm.works. I don't know what the YouTube. channel you're on I don't know what it is, is currently, but it will eventually be dcmworks. I just haven't got that far at the moment. But just go into YouTube, search dcm.works, or check out the show notes, and you can find two new shows we've launched, Ben. Mm. which are Through the Glass, which is my show, and Potato Clinic, Potato Clinic, which, which is, is your show. a very redundant name, but we're sticking but with it. But we're sticking with it, because it's bloody good. Yeah. Uh, and they're both kind of uh, video essay shows, Yeah. Um, kind of in the vein of, of what we do here, but on a sort of more analytical level. And shorter. And shorter, and they're about three minutes. You can get a nice hit, get it in you, get out. Well, mine's about six minutes. Wow. Double. Go down for two. <laughs> but yeah, check that out, show notes, and we'll see you there. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Art for Artist podcast, official podcast of DCM Works. Ooh. My name is David, creative director, lead writer. As uh, D- DCM Works, joined as always by my co-host Ben. Ah, oh, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> welcome back, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between. Parents, grandparents, parents, dogs, aunties, legal guardians, pets, pets. Yeah, pets. Cats. If your cats listening. Put headphones. In. Just, Don't be rude to your cat. He might want to listen. You should to just leave this playing when you go. Like out. oh, when you go out, see that yeah. your cat doesn't get bored. Well, so your cat learns like Australian I've slurs. Heard, oh, like so he, comes he just walks in back. Like, he's like, like, "Hey, what's up, cunt?" Yeah. <laughs> You're like, mm, "Cat." Mm. There's right. um, pe- people leave their TVs on for their animals when they go out, oh. which is in Amer- which is an American thing, and I think that's insane. Really? Yeah. Um, but this week, Ben, I understand music. This week, we're answering questions. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to whose line is it anyway? The show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's right. The points are something you'll never see, like Pat Buchanan in the White House. Um, but before you do that, Ben, you know what it's time for. Uh, is there a jingle that plays? Or I, we don't have one yet. I haven't. Uh, if you, actually, if you have a jingle, uh, yeah. if I you have a jingle, it's, what are we listening if, to? Yeah, but if 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 you want to make us a jingle, we'll give you a shout out. And we'll put it in, in my mind whenever episode. you say. What what's the time is it now? A, a jingle plays in my head. It's same, though we don't have a jingle. Yeah. If if there was a jingle, it'd be like I'm trying to think of like how the it'd be lots of xylophones. Yeah, it'd be like or a ukulele. A ukulele. Oh, like it'd, it'd be strumming. They're being like, that. what are we listening to? <laughs> what are we listening to? <laughs> God, every week. Ding, da, ding, ding. Oh god. Ding, ding. And you'd be like, mm, well, that's what it's gonna be. Now. Uh, oh great. Um, yeah. If you want to mix this together, some kind of a <laughs> jingle. You want to um, do our work it, for put us. Put it on. Um, yeah. Put it on YouTube and tweet it to DCM underscore works. Uh, do our work for us. And yeah, if, if that's something that you have we'll time throw for, you a buck. we'll we'll definitely get, put your we'll name. Give you one of my seven copies what, of. You know what? We'll get. We'll send you a free T-shirt. Because we can do that. Because oh, we, we have can. a t-shirt shop at redbubble.com slash people slash DCMworks. You haven't even... Look at me with my integration! If if you do that, you'll officially have more free t-shirts than I've gotten, even. You can buy... I just... I keep forgetting. I've got an order of about eight that I'm supposed to put through for all of the crew <laughs> I still haven't that even I still got haven't the done. t-shirt. I still haven't... Nah. Mine is still in that card. Like, I just haven't hit purchase yet. Oh, I'm right. Forgetting. Yeah. Like, they're all there. I've got everyone's sizes. 
Um, like they're all ready to go. I've got a shirt for everyone. I've got a mug for for some other. Oh, I just haven't done it yet because I'm fucking forgetful. But this week, um, what do you listen to, Ben? I watched. Thank you for smoking, which is a really funny movie. It's so good, isn't it's it? 2005. One of my favorite films. Yeah. The guy who plays Harvey Dent is in it. Yeah. It's such a good film. It's really good. Uh, um, I I remember loving that. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's clever. He, it's funny. It's really well written. It's witty. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's just fun. It's a great it's film. Like, it's like no one's the good guy. Like even the senator is a complete cunt. Everyone in that. Everyone Everyone's in that film asshole. is a bastard. Yeah. yeah. And it's you know shows like that where you still like the character is like it's good it's, shit. It's it, good despite shit. of the yeah. yeah. Um, um, what else? Anything good? Uh, playing Dragon's Dogma some yep. more. Yes. Uh, and Downwell, which came Downwell. out today yes. on good. mobile. On the mobile device. Playing that put on the on, bus. Put it on your phone. He's like, play it on the bus over here. Was yeah. all right. Is it, was it good? Fun. Yeah. It's good. It drains my battery, though. Yeah. Taps you, t- taps you bat. Yeah. As they say, and as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kid lingo. Yeah. Uh, what have I been listening to? Um... I finished The Name of the Wind again, finally. Um, forgot how much I love that shit. It's so good. I I finished it last night at like 10pm and immediately picked up the next book and started reading. <laughs> so I'm some kind of whore. Yeah. Um, my completely legal American VPN uh, worked again this week, so I've been rewatching more of Californication on completely Netflix. Completely legal. Totally legal and not at all illegal. Um, no, they, they're legal. Not it's to just... access the Netflix service. No. That, well, that's just against Not that I do service. that. Not that I do that. No, that's no one just, does that. What? That's crazy. Yeah, um, no, of course not. Yeah, I've been watch- I watched that. Uh, I rewatched uh, Fellowship of the Ring after all of our Lord of the Rings talk. I'm going to do one a week if I have time. Yeah. Um, and just go through, like, The Hobbits eventually. That's a good film. Yeah. Ew, well, no, like, Hobbits. No, like, Lord of the- like, I'll go through three Lord of the Rings one a week and then The Hobbit ones. I want to see if I'll like them again a second time mm. around. I'm not sure I will. Um, I mean, let's be... It's, it's, they're literally prequels as well. Like, <laughs> let's... And yeah, they suffer the exact same problems uh, as the prequels. I just... Like, <laughs> uh, um, like we're I, just not as rabid about this. Because I guess we don't g- care. <laughs> um, well, no, it's because they weren't as bad. No, the That's the they thing. were just like not good. Um, what else have I been listening to? Oh, um, I uh, I just had it. Now it's gone. It wasn't TV. Oh, <laughs> right. games. Uh, I've been playing more of the Darkest Dungeon. I've... I finally got past like the first little bit of the game <laughs> after like thirteen hours. Yeah. Um, it's so hard. It's a ridiculous game. It finally, it's the best. It's so clever. Yeah. You get to this point where like you level up a character. You're like, oh my god, I finally got into like this this level. And you're like, great, I'll take them with my rookies on the weak missions. And some of the really strong people, if they have the arrogant stat, will be like, no, nah, I'm not going, that's too easy. <laughs> and this ha- it happened to be last you're night. Like, I just uh. stared at my screen. I was like stunned. I was like, ah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's brutal. So I have like four level threes, which is insanely high. Yeah. And then like eight level zeros that I could... I'm like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting this. So the game continues to fuck with me. Yeah. Well, but that's what we've been listening to. So this week we're just answering questions because I am completely unprepared and I've been very busy. Pretty much. I've been writing and editing videos all week. It's a very lazy episode. Um, yeah, but that's fine. Sometimes you just got to kick back. Yeah. So kick wherever back, you drink are, some water. grab a beer, put up your feet, or wine, or water, or coffee, whatever it is, whatever your drink of choice is. Unless you're at work, don't kick up your feet or have a beer. Probably get, keep working. But we'll nonetheless, just listen to this in the background. Yeah, well, no. But I mean, you can listen to it at work. Just don't kick your feet up at work and drink a beer because you might get fired. Yeah, kick your feet down and kick your feet, kick your feet down. And get back to work. And drink. Dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Get to work, but keep us in your ear holes. <laughs> so basically, um, what I did was I went through uh, email and Twitter. I collated some questions. Um, 
And so this is what it is. And if you want to send us questions, you can tweet us at DCM underscore works, or you can email us at podcast at DCM works or podcasts at DCM works. And yeah, that's both all, of them work. Or DCM dot works. They're all in the show notes, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've started following hashtag AFA pod as well, because a few people tried to tweet me through there. I was like, we don't follow that hashtag, but we, we do now. <laughs> we, we, yeah, I didn't uh, think we'd have a hashtag at about all. About four people tweeted, like, I think one person tweeted using it, and then three and other then people saw it, and I'm like, oh, that's what. No, you... And I was like, damn it, <laughs> now we have to follow this. So it's uh, hashtag <laughs> AFA pod, um, if enough. you want to send us questions, or just at DCM works us, uh, DCM underscore works on Twitter. So the first question comes from Jeb in Sydney. Jeb is in J-E-B, uh, and it comes to us Jeb. via email. As in, like, Jeb Bush? As in, like, Jeb Bush. Less, I'm sorry. He seems better than Jeb Bush, right. though. Just based on the fact sorry that he lives in Sydney. I'm sorry that your name got ruined. Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. Um, that's a rough... <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> that's brutal. Uh, so he says, hey, jerkwads. So less sorry, actually, because yeah, you're up no. with that. Yeah. Um, got your content through seeing your video essay on Batman and the one about the ocean game. <laughs> I, you know my favorite, you know my favorite the thing. Ocean game. You know my favorite thing. You know my favorite thing about our viewers currently, all oh, of you crazy God. kids at home. That's funny. Is that Jeb took the time to send this really lovely question, but did not take the time to glance at his browser and be like, mm, "What's the game?" Subnautica. Called? So he's like, "The Ocean oh, Game." Oh God, that's funny. Um, I really like your stuff and listen to all your podcasts. Exclamation. Keep up the top work, Jeb. There was no question in there, I've just realized. <laughs> I dictated these during my lunch break at work. There was not a question there, but we nice. appreciate the positive feedback, cool. Jeb. thanks. And I'll surely respond to you personally via email. Probably not, though, because <laughs> I'll forget. But thank you. We press. That's lovely. Thanks for... Uh, thanks. Um, Maybe I didn't say the word enough, the name of the game enough in the ocean video. I don't know, man. Maybe we should just go back and redub it. Maybe Jeb's just, just fucking with every second. You're like... <laughs> it's the, you're like, this game, instead of that, it's just like... And uh, as you go down further and further... In Subnautica. Subnautica definitely proves that it's <laughs> um, okay. So this uh, next question comes from Sal, uh, who comes to us from Earth via email. Wow. Very, very good, very funny. I, I like it. Hilarious. Very good. Ten um, he says holla holla, which is a good introduction. Is that uh, wait, should we pick an official greeting of the show? Should we have one? It's definitely not it's, holla holla. That's no, what it's, it's, but like we should have one. It's hey dickheads. I mean, I feel like it is, right? It is. That's what it or is. Or it's any regular greeting followed by dickheads. Yeah. Like, or just, that's... Or if you want to get really abusive, you can use, like... <laughs> dickheads full stop. Yeah. Not even an intro. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> dickheads full stop. Enter, enter. Yeah, it's like... It's just... just that's just our name. It's just dickheads. Mm. To who it well, main concern. To, to, to dickheads, to whom it make it... Yeah. To dickheads who are concerned. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Sal says... David always talks about narrative structure. Was wondering because he's a writer. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I was wondering how this can translate to games writing and dev. Oh, fuck. As I'm in the middle of starting to get into games writing as a career, any advice or suggestions? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I'm not a games writer. Games okay. writing's hard because you have to. Um, I mean, you have to sort of think about what the game play is because you don't want to create just. It's called narrative dissonance. Yes. Where, like, you, you'll be saying one thing in the story and then the character will do something completely different. Um, the Tomb Raider reboot is kind of a little bit dissonant. In it's the got sense. a bit Just of like, that, yeah. It's like, oh, she's, like, scared and she doesn't know an environment and then she kills 20 people with a bow. Yes. It's like, okay. It's like, we get it, you know, they're making a story, but, like, the gameplay doesn't follow. Yeah. So that's one thing you got to look out for. On, on that before... I mean, we'll get into this in a bit of depth in a second, but that is a good example because... There's a really easy fix for that, which is that the games writer looks at that sequence and goes, 
huh. So in the storyboarding, right? Because yeah. this happens in storyboard. They go, they storyboard the story, and they storyboard elements of the gameplay into it. So they're like, in this section, there'll be a shooting gallery section, or it'll be yeah. a you're running away from a blah, you know, fighting a bear or whatever it is. In that case, you would shift the tone of Lara from being like. I'm scared. It's bad. You'd be like, I'm scared enough to murder some cunts. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Set, her... You have to set it up well. Yeah, um, and I think that. I mean, it's all about knowing what your mechanics are doing to the story, essentially. And 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 what they're doing to the way that the player is perceiving the story as well. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. But as far as any advice, I mean, I looked into getting into games writing for a while. The reason I ended up ended up not doing that is that the best way to get into games writing is to become a successful writer. <laughs> like then, you need to be a good writer. So you go here are my you go here are my four like, published books. Hire me. Yeah, and they it's go. Just... Oh, here's a salary to do something for us. You know. Yeah, it's. It's not like it's a different skill. It's just it's the same skill, but there's just more to it, more than anything. Um, it's kind of like if you um, to me, it's sort of the difference between uh, learning to ride like a mountain bike and going mountain biking. Yeah, they're similar skill sets, but one of them is just uh, the next step of that. Yeah, so it's a direction you can take your writing. But I think I think the way that assuming that Sal is already writing, because that's kind of the way that this question yeah. reads. Um. I'm guessing that you've got a rough idea of what kind of writing you want to do. So my suggestion, something else you can do is you can write treatments of game scripts and just send them to indie developers and be like, "Oh yeah, like, do you want to make my game?" Any developer that sees like a cool script will just be like, "Yes, yeah. it's, it's be cool." If if you're like, okay, this studio makes, say, Ken Levine's new studio, the guy that did Bioshock, um, when he starts that, <clears throat> you can be pretty damn sure that it's going to be something to do with first person and it's going to have some kind of a fantastical element and some kind of a steampunk it's gonna aspect. basically just be more yeah you know that rand. but we know that which is fine right <laughs> more like, atlas shrugged yeah so we know that yeah so what you can do is you could write a treatment of a script and let's say you send it to ken levine because he won't read it but if that as an example you could send him a script that would suit that style of game yeah and be like hey what do you think chances are they won't read it but if they do you know they read um, the script good job yeah but also when you do that just look into like the copyright like make sure that it's clearly copyrighted yeah. to use so another important thing it. i guess with, with games writing is who the main character is because especially if you're going with like so like you know stories and games usually go hands and hand in hand with like rpgs usually not always but like it's pretty common mm-hmm. um and you got to look at where where the industry is heading with rpgs anyway because if you were like, oh, I want to give a story to, like, Bethesda for one of their games, you will literally not be able to give the main character a name. Because their games are all based around I'm not making your own... <laughs> creating your own character. Whereas if you were going to Bioware, you would you would actually flesh out everything really well. You would have every you character. You'd create a world, backstory. and then you would point a finger at who the main character is and say, they're the main character. And then they would go, okay. They're like, great, because it's in context. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other... um, I think something that's important to note as well with with the... um, Particularly with Bethesda, I think, as as an idea, if we're going to take that as a running point. When I was doing my Fallout video for the Power Armor, Mm. one of the things that I discovered in my research is that during their concept art phase, so when they were first conceptualizing the game, those of you who don't know, concept art is like the first... You basically come up with an idea for a game, say it's Bethesda, and then... You know that you storyboard like a few ideas, um, and then you th- you throw it you throw a bunch of paper and some writing and some notes at a concept artist, and you say, "Show us what this might look like." Yeah. And they spend two weeks, and they go, "Here's what your game could be." And you go, "We want that. We want that. Get rid of that. Do that again. Try this again. Let's try this tone." But you know, yeah. it's like the um, 
first visualization of a concept. So one of the things that was really fascinating about the process with Fallout 4 is that some of the early concept art um, is sort of... You can almost see, and this is pretty common. So, you know, one of, one of the artists had done um, this this picture, this painting of... Uh, it, it was the Vault Dweller. So I think you're called the Lone Survivor in this yeah. one. Um, and so the Lone Survivor is standing atop, like, a bunch of junk. And there's a car that's fallen through, like, a skyscraper and is, is sort of suspended above them. And they're walking through the, the hole that's created between the falling... The, the suspended car and the junk. Yeah. And the dog is there. And the sort of... <clears throat> the buildings come out behind it and there's some ghouls and stuff and some remnants of some ghouls. And it's actually almost lifted as an area in the game later on. Yeah. So something to note with your game's writing is that you should be thinking about... you got a lot of... Like, what it's going to physically look like. Because as a writer, it's easy to, to you know... Uh, so to be vague. To be vague because you prickle with recognition. Someone fills yeah. in the blanks. You know, we know what a pirate ship looks like. We know what yeah. a sword looks like or whatever. But in a game, and in, particularly in scripts, you have to give in, like, three words a sense of the area. Yeah. So it has to be like... Uh, you know, Vault Vault Dweller travels to Diamond City. Um, Diamond City is built, you know, uh, travels to Diamond City, dash, dash. Uh, settlement built inside uh, baseball stadium. Uh, very reminiscent of blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Feels like blah. Then you move on to, with the... Di- like, you can't linger on details, so you've got to really carefully pick the stuff you choose to describe in game scripts and a great example of the way to do this is go and look it's online somewhere go and look at the first bioshock script for the first bioshock game it's out there somewhere because i've read it (laughs) really interesting read you kind of look at the way that it's been constructed it's really different from what you'd expect yeah it's very like heady and gloomy and like weirdly sort of retro art deco yeah well the game's and the game is like that but you don't expect that in the script yeah um it's quite it's quite interesting and, like, even to the point where one of the super interesting things about that script is that every now and then when there's a pause in action, um, he'll talk about the water. So he'll be like, um, I can't think of what the protagonist is called in that. It's like Jack or something like that. I'm not sure. But I can't remember. It's, it's a nameless uh, protagonist. Bioshock 1. Yeah. yeah it's, but, but they give it a name in Jack. the script. I can't remember. I, don't know. I think they call Jack after Fight Club. I can't remember. Um, or whatever it is. But, yeah, one of the things he does a lot in the script <clears throat> is he'll describe the sound the water's making. Yeah. So, like, it'll be, like, a whole scene, and there'll be a break, and it'll be, like, uh, water, uh, you know, water gushes from overhead and patters down behind you. Or it'll just be, like, the word drip in between two lines of dialogue. Yeah. And that's a tonal thing, but it's also a visual thing, but it's also a gameplay thing. So there's this kind of... And you really... <clears throat> yeah, and the thing with that is that when you write something like that, you're being super explicit. Like, if you were reading a book and, you know, it had, like, between every line of dialogue the word drip, yeah. you would be, you'd be physically reminded every single time that, yeah, that there's water dripping constantly. But when you're sort of playing the game, you get to a point where you stop realizing, you stop, you stop noticing it. it. Yeah. And that's the thing with most games writing, you have to be really explicit because at each sort of, each time the script is taken and, like, turned into something that's closer to the game like the dialogue is recorded or like the the visuals are actually built you kind of lose some of you lose like the sort of like tonal like the really explicit tonal descriptors yeah. that you get with writing but you you gain a lot more fidelity obviously so you have to really try to nail the tone early on so that you don't 
you don't get to the end and then there's nothing. It's just like bland and boring. Yes. Which is yeah. like which is why a lot of games are like, oh, the theme's interesting, but it's just boring. There's nothing to it. You know, it's the difference between like some crappy first person shooter that's super boring and like System Shock Two. It's like System Shock Two is like super like heavy tonal and like to the point where you know, the the people behind System Shock 2, especially, like, the, the soundtrack and the dialogue, they're all from this one band. So there's yeah. this one band of, like, six people yeah. where, like, the drummer did all of the, like, pretty much all of the soundtrack. And then, yeah. like, the female vocalist was the voice of Shodan. And then, like, the rest of the, like, the rest of the um band were, like, just the other dialogue from, like, audiobooks and stuff. And it's, like, when you sort of, like, take that idea of, like, you know, we're going to we're going to make all our dialogue and sound effects from this one group of people. It makes the whole experience of like, this is a really deep and dark game, like a lot more cohesive because you're yes. kind of taking it from one place and you got to, you have to sort of nail that in the script because that's the first point where yeah. it's sort of, it, it's, it's the, it's cause like if, you know, if you're not told in the script that, Oh, we want to have this sort of theme. Someone might not have the idea of, Oh, why don't we just source, like a band to get them to do pretty much all the audio, yeah. Because then it'll be a really cohesive, a really cohesive, um, like feeling. Obviously, you don't want to just do that for every game. Just get a band and get them to do all your audio because that's, you know, it's kind of, kind of weird. But there was like sort of like a special circumstance of where they were like, we need this sort of feel. So they found like a really like grunge, like grunge electro rock band. It was basically like Nine Inch Nails, but like a rip-off Nine Inch Nails band. <laughs> so that kind of, like, that kind of sound, they just got those guys and made them do all the sound, and then System Shock 2 sounded amazing, and then the visuals were, like, whatever, two th- like, 98 visuals, typical, mm. you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. So it's, like, you want to try to You want to convey in. that. Yeah, you want to convey that with the script really early. Yeah, I mean, that's... especially sort of... when you have, like, a game designer reading a script. Like, we're terrible at reading so <laughs> we'll read the script and we'll be like uh... we'll be like okay like because we think in mechanics so it's like we can see how this would play but unless you're really explicit where it's just like i want it to feel like this most developers won't think of like ways to implement that feeling yeah and implementing like a mechanic that conveys a feeling is like what makes a game really good like, the other thing as well is um i think game game writing scripts are also read quite differently because in a film you have to do transitions and you have to do pickups and stuff in a game your yeah. job as the writer is just this is just like the the shape of the story yeah you so c- like you... And, and plus the person reading it isn't like they don't they're not filmmakers and they're not script writers so the, the game designer reading it isn't being like they're not visualizing a fade in yeah when you write fade in that's just extra words to them so keep it trimmed to the point where it's like use the words that you're using to the best effect you possibly can. Yeah, and you have to when you when you're writing like a long story, you have to be aware of what the game what's going to happen between like parts of your story. And if you have a really long like period of time and you want to have like similar tone at the end of like similar tone across that period of time, like you have to kind of think like can I fill this in so that the tone like either stays consistent which is kind of boring or like can i write in story notes that kind of dip and weave and it will take the us tone, back to that eventually. but then take me back to the the tone that i want at this part because you know when you 
when you talk about games games are long they're like 10 20 hour experiences so you can't just go and it's not like films where you can just cut and like get rid of like 10 years of time in a fade cut because you can do that and have the same sort of tone it's like with games you kind of have to fill that in unless you do it like a 10 years later which is stupid you shouldn't do that yeah which 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 would be odd because games are all about that i mean you can you can and like games do it but it's it's such it's a very movie feeling thing where it'll probably just pull most people out of the unless it's unless it's in the inciting hook so like in that inciting incident you can have a you know if it was like a detective story so say like luther which is a tv show the opening hook of that show is that you get this incident that happens to a detective he goes he's he's put on forced leave and you pick up three years later well the video game equivalent of that is when you start off with the character which has all of the character's abilities and you just play with this super overpowered character yeah and then like something happens yeah literally every adventure game does don't do it it's a decent mechanic if you know how to do it because it makes you it gives you an insight of like this is what i'm gonna feel like Uh, it works in like metroidvanias yeah. Like, pretty much every Castlevania game does it. Pretty much every Metroid game does it because Metroid needs to do it for story reasons. Because, like, as a bounty hunter, like, Samus, she's like, she has all the gear when she lands, but it, so it's like, she why can't I kids. just. But you, the part of the game is gaining all the gear again. So they always do this stupid thing where it's like, oh, your suit has lost you've, all its power. And you're like, great. The gibbles, <laughs> the gibble rays took yeah. away your powers. But, like, that's, that's like, the video game equivalent of, like, it's, like, you don't have to go just, like, oh, ten years later where he's been off, he's been out of the job for so long, yeah. and the detective comes in and says, oh, we need you back. We need like, you, you back. Can, you can do that in other ways. And um, I mean, you can do that, but, I mean, yeah. what I think what you said is good, though, because I think... That's a more game way of doing it as well, because it's it's interactive. It's, like, okay, I feel powerful, I mean, and I've, it's, like, oh, no, I've just lost all that power, it, and I want it back. What you're doing in that, and I've talked about, I talk about this in my... I just finished a video up the other night on the, the psychology of clickbait, yeah, which is a lot to do with, like, uh, hooks and stuff. Yeah. And um, part of that, part of the research of that is looking at the narrative inciting hooks and stuff in stories. But one of the things you do... And you'll notice this in, like, pulp novels, is that what they'll have is, as, like, a prologue or, like, a preface, they'll have an out-of-context snippet of action from, like, the big climax of the book. Yeah. And it'll be, like, everything is happening, you know, like, the main character, there's some big action set piece, and it cuts off, and then it's, like, you start, not not even that, but you just start the book normally. It'll be, like, chapter one. And it's that character before I think Aragorn does that as well. Yeah. I remember Aragorn doing that. It's a normal... (laughs) And what you do is you add that in after the book is complete. Because what what you're doing is you're saying to your reader, you're basically... And this is true of games. You're making a promise to the person that... That that they're... Because committing to a book these days is a long... You know, like, if you picked up one of my novels, you're committing to, you know, 300,000 words. Yeah. Or actually, at the moment, it's more like seven hundred thousand. But like you're committing to <laughs> you're committing to a lot of book. Yeah. So I need to make sure that up front, I promise that this is what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to deliver on this action or whatever it is. So in a game, you can do the same thing, but you do it with the gameplay mechanic instead of the story. Yeah. Or you, I mean, you can do it with the story. Can do it with the story. Um, it's not as fun. But it can kind of be weird <laughs> sometimes as well. Yeah. Um, Some people might be like, you when you do it with the story, the players feel like they weren't in control yeah but if you do it with the game mechanic players will be like oh like players won't feel as cheated because they'll be like oh like me as a player i fell into this trap yes like you can even like like games try to do it with like the 
like the boss fight you have to lose in kind of thing where it's just like you will die to this boss kind of thing yeah like dark souls does it a lot where you'll be at a boss or i think bloodborne does it a bit more you'll be at a, you'll fight you'll come across an enemy and you'll be like fuck and it'll just whoop your ass and then you'll die and then you'll realize oh like something has opened up like for me to yeah it offers you it. another opportunity like to, at the start to, of the game with that wolf that we have literally no gear and it kills you and obviously then you get a sword. and then you die and then you get a gear and you yeah. go kill it um yeah and when you see the first boss and you die and then you go back and oh i can level up now yeah like it's the, kind of it's it's the same promise system where you basically i think particularly in games writing like you want your you want the person reading the script to understand that you know what you're doing so you have to make that promise early on also a good thing with games is that if you well difficult thing with games is that you can kind of if you can write in like a way that the player can fail without it being just like oh just rewind time a bit and try again like i I, it was like an article or a video or something where they are talking about in uncharted 2 there's like this segment where nathan drake is like on a boat and it's sinking and he's gonna like jump off the boat onto another one yeah and he says i only got one shot at this (laughs) and you run and if you miss the if you miss like the ladder you're meant to grab you die and you restart literally 10 seconds before again he says i only got one shot at this and it's like it's like there's nothing wrong with that writing if you as a player can't fail but yes. because you can fail when you if someone dies and goes back and gets retold i only have one shot at this when they know they can just try as many times as they want and there's it just kind of feel it's kind of jarring and there's, it pulls there's, you out. there's ways to write around that like the best from recent memory not it's not a recent game but uh call of juarez gunslinger the way that they fix that problem is that they frame the narrative as someone telling a story. Yeah. So the game, the whole game is Oh, yeah, you, and they did the whole, like, oh, actually... It's a dude in a bar telling a story. And, and like, like, sometimes oh, you're coming... I'm mistaken. Yeah, you're on... Sort of, but you'll come across a boss, and, like, you'll kill them instantly, and someone in the bar will be like, wait, that's not how that happened. Like, you, you're lying. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll tell you what really happened. And then you go back, and he's like... when I ca- And then you'll start a... The segment will be different. And you'll yeah. do it again in a different way, and then you come to the boss, and it's like sort of interesting hooks like that. Or um, I think that's the best example I can think of is like you can use framing devices to alleviate that. Yeah, or you or, can just make player failure part of the narrative. Or you can make the player failure feel really harsh. Like the yeah. best example is The Last of Us. When you die in that game, it is brutal because you like it's. I've died twice, I think, in my in my playthrough so far. Yeah, but it is the fear of death is more powerful than the death like the death itself is brutal yeah but you're more anxious to die because you're in the narrative and you're trying to stay alive because that's what the narrative requires yeah that's an interesting like because the last of us is kind of like a very heavily more interactive um walking dead game yes and in the walking dead you kind of you're not as worried about your character's death because you know that you'll kind of be like you're not in full control so you can kind of relax a little bit like just go with the flow and if you die it's like not that big a deal you just Mm. go back a little bit but because in the last of us you're in control of every single action there's a lot more tension because you have the same kind of like emotional attachment to the characters that you do in something like the walking dead so you don't want anyone to die yeah and you have to do everything the, I think, because it's a full it's an action game yeah. essentially it's it there's there's this element of it too where you don't want to take too much damage because you have such a limited equipment 
Yeah. That you're afraid that if you get injured too badly in this fight, the next one's going to be much harder. Yeah. You get this weird, like, you, you kind of create it in your own head where you get anxious to, to, to waste equipment, but because you, you, the next fight will be harder and you don't want anyone to get hurt. And it's this weird, like, you, the narrative gets into your head. And the and because the Last of Us is in a, like a naturally sort of dangerous place, there's sort Setting, of yeah, yeah, like the the idea of you can have like gaps in your narrative because the time between the gaps will have its own like natural flow of like tension because yeah. the game's just like the game systems are just built really well. Yes, so you kind of you kind of got to know what your game is and talk a lot to the designers to be like. You know, if if we're having long stretches of time, how can we make them not boring? And the other thing that is interesting, and this is of storytelling as a whole, is when you do a pickup. So a pickup basically is where, after any break of a scene, some length, some unexpected length of time has passed until the next scene. So like, if your narrative up to this point has been like pretty chronologically, like the the biggest gap you've have you've had might be like three or four days, but you've explained what happened during that time. A pickup is when you have a narrative break and then you're like, it's a month later and stuff's changed. Yeah. The best way to do that is to think about the most unexpected thing that could have happened in that month and you can make it part of the narrative drive. We don't necessarily have to say what it is. You don't have to be like, you don't have to be like, okay, so it's been a month and all of these things happened. What you can do is you can have two characters who were previously really good friends barely talking to each other. Yeah. And you can be like, whoa, what, hang on, what, what happened? And then the, the narrative drive becomes... So narrative drive is anything that, as a reader, you want to find out. It doesn't yeah. have to be like a mystery. So it might be like, whatever happened to the box that Ben had that was his favorite box that's gone yeah. now? Or what's one of the best narrative drives in any piece of fiction ever is in this short story where uh, there's a bunch of people going on a camping trip and someone puts a box in the boot. Yeah. But no one, like, everyone kind of talks around the box. Like, they don't talk about the box and all the characters try not to touch it. Yeah, and you you're like, what's in the box? And it lasts for the whole narrative. You're like, what's in the fucking box? And it becomes like <laughs> this obsession, and you start being like, what's in the fucking box? Like, I need to find out. And you become obsessed, and that becomes part of the narrative drive. Is yeah. what's in the box? Why is everyone avoiding it? So you can do the same thing in a game where it's like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, uh, say in Skyrim, if you got the dragon shout powers, but you didn't know where they came from, yeah. that'd be a good narrative drive. Because you'd be like, hang on, what? Ha- like, how did that come to be? The one thing you have to be careful about that, and it's the main difference between like other forms of media and games, is that as a player, you are playing a character that lives in that world. Yes. So if you make a passage of time, unless the unless the player character was like wasn't present, like was somewhere else for that like period yep. of time, and they come back, you kind of have to be careful of like having the player character have knowledge that the player doesn't and you can you can get around that by sort of having a way of like giving like one-way knowledge like having like maybe if you have like your character has like a journal that they keep in their backpack that you can just read at points and you know you you make some you know and every now and then they'll write something down you can read it and it's like a one-way knowledge trail and if like after this whole period of time where something's happened and like you don't know what's happened but your player character does you could you know you want to have some sort of mechanic where it's like the player character can tell the player what's been happening without the player having to kind of like walk around this world 
and have the player character ask other characters questions that, they should that the player know. character sh- should already know. Which And, and then, because the only way to get around that is to write in dialogue, like stupid, dumb dialogue, which is like, oh, you should know this, but I'll tell you anyway. It's like, no, nah, God. <laughs> I mean, you can... The best way to do that is to show. And, like, I mean, yeah. obviously it's not a great example because the game itself is so story-based, but in The Last of Us, there's a, you go for... You start in summer... And you go to autumn, and then eventually winter. There's a break between autumn and winter of, like, a week or so, I think, when it starts to get really cold. Yeah. But And none of the... Ca- like, Joel and Ellie don't go, oh, it's winter now, but they're wearing long sleeve shirts. They're, like, they're like a plaid, like, wool plaid or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're starting to snow, and oh, yeah, like, Joel looks cold all the time. Yeah, when you... And Joel's beard is a bit longer, so you're like, oh, it's clearly winter now. Yeah, when you, when you have sort of simple changes like that which you can just show like obviously mm. you can do that but when you have if something like really if you want to like sort of build up the tension of like oh there's something that's happened and you don't really know what obviously the best way to do it is just have the player character not there so you find out with the player character but you know it's you kind of or you can i mean there's there's ways to do it that can that are sort of a little and this is easier in like novels obviously in long fiction yeah. but um so i in, in the name of the wind which i've just finished finished rereading um the the big thing across all three books, um, and they're, they're mammoth books, like they're really thick. Um, the biggest mystery is uh, the main character, who's this kind of retired hero, burnt out hero who now owns a bar, and like has seemingly lost all of his powers and his intelligence and majesty or whatever. He kind of refers to this war that's going on, and you see the impacts of the war in the land they live in. They live in, they live in like this rural farming town. Like, people starting to starve, and, like, the roads are getting really dangerous with bandits, and blah, 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 blah. People are enlisting to help fight for the king or whatever. Yeah. Um, and a few times, the main character alludes to the fact that he, in some way, he he thinks, he, he refers to the fact that he feels, like, he feels that he's to blame for the war. But at no point is he like, and here's why. But yeah. it becomes the narrative drive throughout the three but it becomes part of the narrative drive so there's, there's two things you, you don't know what happened to the woman that he was in love with and you don't know what he means when he thinks that he's at fault for the war that started but both of those things become like they kind of bread like Patrick Rothfuss breadcrumbs you a little bit to give you more bits of information to keep you interested Yeah. so what you can do in your game and this works particularly well in the first Bioshock not as much in Infinite because the gameplay in that doesn't that's there's a lot of distance between the gameplay and that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. much between Infinite's, the gameplay and Infinite's the story. Infinite's really brutal. Infinite would be It's a good game, it's a good story, but it's not a good game Infinite and a good would be story together. A perfect game if <laughs> had zero combat. If you didn't shoot anyone. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but if you didn't yeah. someone the other day, um I don't know if it's still out there, but someone was looking at putting together a stitch version of that game where they they were trying to mod out a lot of the combat and make yeah. some of it just into like really simple quick time events. Yeah. So that first piece of combat. Well yeah, that yeah, that's event. effective. But and then, then it just turns into Bioshock yeah. 1. And then the best... I mean, the best way they could have done it is if you basically just walked through the world and you learned about the world. And every now and then, like, you might get ambushed by some dudes and you would have to make a decision to kill them or run or something. Yeah, and they should just make... Yeah, just make it, like, cute. Yeah. Bioshock, I'm feeling I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, so... You can you can kind of breadcrumb. I mean, look into um, narrative drive. Just if you Google that, um, yeah. if you that there's sort of some research you can do. But I think as far as games writing, to kind of wrap up the question, um, yeah, like read read some game scripts. Um, start writing all kinds of screenplays and scripts and stuff. Like that's it's good practice to try and and you know yeah look at look at 
Look at good look at good examples of well written yeah. games. And look to who like write it for a type of game. Like write your script for a type of game. You find a lot that like well written games will be based off sort of like well written uh literature. Mm-hmm. But the difference between like just like a copy and something that's actually good is that they'll do something interesting with the medium of games. So like Yeah, it'll affect the story in some way. Yeah, so like Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, well, trying to yeah, like Bloodborne's basically Lovecraft, but it's like they add mechanics to make it like it's more Lovecraft, and then you have like uh, Spec Ops: The Lines, basically Apocalypse Now, but you have like the whole dissonance between the player actions and like what they f- like. It's like what you feel in your consciousness and what the game sort of makes you do. So that's like another like use of gameplay mechanics. So there's lots of good good examples to just check out and see how see how to make good good games good game stores make a good stories. game script story or novel yeah um next question comes from serious <laughs> oh, jesus i forgot we're doing questions yeah <laughs> questions um next question comes from serious cornrows who is at two serious hair for you serious cornrows um, there's some numbers in there That's um it. hashtag afa pod uh what are your three favorite things in the world peace out dickheads <laughs> Three favorite three things, favorite in, the things in the world. Um, I know these immediately. <laughs> um, I love honey puffs. Yep, it's a cereal. One good. Um, oh, this is rough. Three ben's favorite looking, things he's in looking the world. Bloody wistful, mate. Please. I don't know, like comfortable underwear. Two good underwear. Um, yeah, two. good you underwear's go, great. Hit, hit, you gotta hit one and more. And shit. Um, hmm. like, whew, fuck. Whew, this is a tough <laughs> one. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. You know, like, when you... Do you, do your feet peel? Like, the skin on your feet peel? No. I get that, like, once a year where just, like, I'll just shed skin from my feet. Uh, no, I've got, like, I've the most gross cows rowing feet. But, oh, God. Yeah. But, like, it's the most satisfying thing, just, like, peeling skin mm. off your feet. That's so, three. It's my favorite three things in the world. Strange. Um, <laughs> my, see, I'd, I'm a man of very simple pleasures. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... Those of you who've listened to the my content for a while so my dc three favorite life. things would be wait no i'm trying to think no you keep uh, no no you get no you go you guess <laughs> I, mine. I only had two i was trying to think of you... the three b's guess you you guess mine. you got what booty you... blow and something else <laughs> almost i was um, like shit what's the third one <laughs> b- uh, b- uh, b- uh, b- uh, b- no I don't, I don't have a third boats? b i don't know boats i'm a boating man um no i am a man of very simple pleasures i like yeah, good beer booty blowing. yeah beer booty yeah. and blow no it's 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 beer Coffee and women. Those are the three. Th- those are my. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> I like I like good beer. I like good coffee. I like good women. That's, that's I'm that's a man tough. of that. I I'm not very complicated. <laughs> like people people have listened to my content for a while. Well, no, I am a very simple. Man. Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna retake one of my answers. I love like good notebooks. Like really oh, yeah, nice you, leather bound, nice paper. Fucking stationary hole. Like, oh, I love stationary. Ben is a stationary hole. I didn't used to be one, but then I dated one. Buddy, it's one. Uh, you got you could call the infection. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Like, like it's it's the most it's the weirdest SED that. Like I have a um, <laughs> I have like a leather bound notebook Ugh. that just all my notes go in. Ugh. It's nearly empty. It's nearly full. So I'm like Ugh. I'm in the market for a new one. It's like Ugh. he's on the prowl. Oh, I love good pens. Yeah, fair enough. So Ben's really into stationary. Um, <laughs> I like how yours are really dissonant. Um, yeah. No, yeah, it's one of the things that you'll come to learn along when we do this podcast. This is to people at home. Ben obviously knows me quite well, but yeah, I don't like a lot of stuff, but I know what I like. Yeah, it's a good way to put <laughs> it's it. Real simple. Um, 
Yeah, good. Um, okay, so that was easy. Yeah, that was easy. That was a lot shorter than the, I think that the second been, question. That would have been the kind of question where he was like, "I'm probably gonna get you because you have to think about it." But mm. this is—I've known this for years. <laughs> I, I'm like, this is the only three things I enjoy. Okay, so this is this question comes from anonymous, uh, and it comes to us from Toronto via email. Ooh. Um, I like that you gave us where you were from, but not your name. But that's okay. That's fine. I'm not gonna we'll read. You down I'm not gonna read your email address. So I just—that's—yeah, we'll find you, mate. We're coming. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, uh, the email says, if you guys could have one fantasy comic book game weapon, what would it be and why? Fantasy comic book game weapon? There were slashes in between. Those. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, so, comic book, what? Sorry, <laughs> fantasy or comic book or game. Weapon. I think to cover his bases. Um, I would take uh, Peter Quill's elemental guns from Guardians of the Galaxy. I would take... Because you can shoot fire, you can shoot ice, you can shoot stun guns, and you can shoot pure energy. I'd just take the wrench from Ratchet and Clank. It's a cool, it's yeah, it's a cool a melee answer. weapon. Yeah, like the wrench that gets upgraded in like the yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, can I it's just like take the, the I, coolest video game weapons? The wrench. I feel like, can I just take Peter Quill's equipment because he's got those cool rocket boots and that badass helmet visor that goes on his ear? Yeah, but let's. I just I'm taking all his kit. I'm taking yeah. his coat. I'm taking his. Yeah, yeah, he is actually really cool. He's got the coolest. Actually, him in the comic books is way cooler. Oh really? Yeah. Um, those of you who haven't read, so Marvel have like a new. It's not new. It's actually not that new. It's been out for like two years, but I've only just got around to reading it. Well, they, they kind of rebooted in inverted yeah, commas. Yeah, they um, It was about two, two and a half years ago, but I just started rereading the Guardians ones because I've been really far behind. Because I've been reading DC, trying to get through New 52, and I finished that. I'm now onto Marvel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy ones, Peter Quill on that is super cool because he's got his classic red leather stuff, but he's got his rocket tubes. Whoops. He's got his rocket shoe, his his rocket clippy things that goes yeah. goes on his boots. His rocket heelys. Yeah, he's got his dope uh, <laughs> earpiece that becomes a visor. That's also a radio that also lets him go in space. That yeah, thing it's also will be like so yeah, it's it's like, like it's the it's best. A space helmet as well. It's so cool. Um, and then he's got uh, his elemental guns, which are the coolest fucking thing. Yeah, like they're so useful. He has cool kit. They've got like a stun gun. They got, you can shoot fire. You can tase people. You, they, they can shoot pure energy. They're like. It's like all of Iron Man's zappy yeah. in one in two things or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he's also got for a while there he had one of the um, the cosmic swords that was pretty cool. Um, Someone has those in the movie, right? Uh, do they? Not there's like sure. A, there's a sword fight between oh, no, Green just, Lady and Purple. They've lady. just got that's yeah, just swords. Just swords. She's got like a right. stun baton spear, and yeah. I think the green chick just has her normal blade or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's some pretty cool weapons in that guardians and then that's probably the best one though because it's got the most recent uh captain marvel as part of the team and she's one of the best characters with one of the best costumes with some of the best powers <laughs> like it's one of those things where they finally got it right where yeah. guardians has been okay for many years and they were like what if we took the team that we're putting in the film and then added some of the better characters as well yeah and that's what we've ended up with so there's a good one that i'm up to now which is called the end question mark that's what the comic book is called and it's where like they're about to split up the guardians are about to split up and it's so good <laughs> so get into that that wasn't an answer the elemental guns is my answer yep. you'll take ratchet's wrench wrench yeah or his ratchet ratchet's ratchet thing. it's the uh there is a name but i forget i can't remember it's the omni wrench yeah and then it turns into like the omni wrench 2000 and that just keeps going up from there have you played the most they've got a new ratchet and clank game coming i haven't, haven't played they? any of the ps3 ones see we have a so there's like five of them i haven't played there's tons i, I played all the og ps2 I'm ones looking though. through our shit and we like own a few of them i don't know why oh, i i love I have a stack games, of though. ps3 games and i have a ps3 but i've never played it it came with one of my tvs 
That's oh, the yeah. PS4. The yeah, PSP PS4. is behind you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it came with one of my TVs when I first bought it. Oh, wow. Because it was a Sony TV, and they were yeah. like, there's a deal. PS3, I, I wanted, yeah. the, the TV was on special, and they were like, here's your free PS3. <laughs> and I went, wait, what? And they're like, sure. yeah, that's our deal. And I was like, no, I just want the, the TV was on the special. TV. Like, what? They're like, nah, it comes free. And I went, all <laughs> sure. right, sure. I think I remember that promotion, actually. Yeah, yeah. and so I just walked home with like a dumb PlayStation 3 that I've never used. Nice. I use it to stream Netflix to my TV. Yeah, it's a good way to use it. Although I already have they a Chromecast, so I don't need it. <laughs> like it's just the weirdest. It was just the weirdest <laughs> uh, shit. Um, but that then brings us to the end of the episode. Um, yeah, we somehow talked for the whole time. I don't know if we did well. I don't know. I mean, we did spend half an hour on, on one, one question. question. Good question. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, we did some blogs at the top, so check out all that stuff if you want to. Otherwise, yep. you can get some t-shirts at redbubble.com slash people slash DCMworks. Watch our shows. Watch our shows. YouTube. All that stuff's in the show notes. Um, where can people find us, Ben, if they want to send us questions? Podcast at DCM.works. Yes, that's or correct. podcast. At, podcast. Or, I don't know. Whatever. It's in the show notes. Um, Patreon.com slash DCMworks. Yeah, there's a Twitter somewhere. Twitter's Apparently, we're following DCM a hashtag as well. Hashtag AFAPod. AFA pod. send us questions. Yeah. Um... Shit, I mean, I think that's about it. I don't... Yeah. I mean, we did it, somehow. The YouTube somewhere. Uh, yeah, that'll be in the thing. Just search us up. Uh, yeah. That'll be in the show notes. Or if you look up Potato Clinic, I guess that'll come up, probably. It probably is top. Yeah, yeah. it's up there. Let me find I out. I doubt anything else is called Potato Clinic. Let's have a look. We're doing a quick search. We're doing a hot search. Yeah, YouTube it. Don't Google it yet. It won't be on Google yet. Potato Clinic. Are we at the top when you type in Potato Clinic? Oh, oh, you yeah. bet we are. Fuck yeah, we oh, are. Yeah. Bloody good. That's hype. If you search up Potato Clinic, you get yeah. our video, and then you get Disney car toys, and their, <laughs> you get... their toy unboxing of Mr. Oh, Potato. Oh, no, you get toy reviews. Oh, God. So it goes our video. Our video, and then total shit. It goes our video, toy unboxing, and then an episode of Porn Stars. Where <laughs> Sean, Dude, I love Porn Stars. Where someone brings in a Price's Potato. <laughs> Dude, I love porn. And then, it's and then, the best show. Birth control fail. Colombian woman uses potato as contraceptive. <laughs> and the picture oh, is Mr. God. Potato Head superimposed over someone's vagina. <laughs> Why? I hate the internet. But uh, oh. with that nugget, uh, right. we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Um, yeah, feel free to hit us up on Patreon, Twitter, wherever. Let us know what you think, and we'll bloody catch you next week. Yep. Bye. <laughs> oh wait before we go oh um, what oh i know uh before we go sure. um we're actually going to record next week's episode now because i'm going to be in melbourne what? visiting the sans pants radio crew yeah that's happening so um you can check out that stuff that'll be on their that'll website, be left our website in Brisbane. do all that stuff um so i'll be in melbourne next week so look at keep an eye out for the twitter stuff we'll be posting stuff there yeah but that's so don't be tweeting at us and expecting your questions answered next week because that ain't going to happen but the week after i'll answer them he, yeah, ben will I'll, tweet do back I'll do an impromptu I'll do an impromptu video tweet back at you. all right yeah good uh, but yeah otherwise we'll see you guys next week well done. bye and like the gameplay is super fun <laughs> and like because those three things are there it's like it's exceptionally good hey, I could do it in a heartbeat and make millions but it would feel like gouging my soul out yeah Jurassic Park's a little more like DDR if Shrek is a very tall creature can he actually own land and want to kick them off where did that come from you have to make a lot of shit up to make good art. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's just the truth of it.